0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Great Beyond. I'm your host, Shelby Rose, and today we're going to be talking about something that is very near and dear to me. It's something that hits close to home, which is alcoholism and drug abuse. I feel like now is a time to start talking about it because it's something that I'm currently struggling with. I've been a struggling alcoholic and drug user for about nine years now. I started when I was 14, man, Uh, and I'm about about to be 24 this coming year. Um, It's been a very hard road to walk. I don't know how I've made it this far, to be honest. But where I'm at currently is trying to get to the root cause of it. Like, why? Why? Why did I start using and abusing drugs and alcohol at such a young age? And that is what I wanted to mostly talk about today, is the reason why and I would suppose my next steps for this in recovery. I come from a long line of alcoholics and drug addicts in my family. Um, Mostly my grandfather, and extended family members on my dad's side. I wouldn't consider my dad one. He never really struck me as it, although he did strike me as a partier when he was younger. For me, I think it started out as a form of escapism, uh, but also a cry for help. I wasn't getting the- I never got the attention I needed or the support that I needed growing up. Uh, My parents were mostly vacant up until about eight years old, in which my dad was laid off in 2008, um, and my mom quit working full-time to take care of my little brother who has special needs. I was mostly a seen and not heard child, uh, especially in my extended family outside of the household. I had to grow up at an early age to take care of my brother up until about eight, nine years old, and that did a lot of damage to me, I think, personally. You know, I wasn't allowed to have the childhood that most other kids had. I was basically an eight-year-old parent. I also suffer from PTSD which partly probably has something to do with the alcohol and drug addiction. Um you see I did not have exactly the best childhood growing up. I was molested when I was about three or four from what I understand. Um You know, of course, I don't remember it because I was such a young age, but all signs point to that being the case based on of what I went through during that time period. I won't get into the exact specifics, but you can look it up for yourself. That's not what I'm here to talk about today. You know, looking back, I don't know how they missed the signs because I was particularly getting trouble in school because of the exhibited behaviors. And when I'd come home, I was beaten with a belt. And I don't mean, you know, spanking or whatever. I mean, full out beaten with a belt. Um, Sometimes even with the metal hook part, whatever it's called, it didn't matter. And that really messed up my relationship with my father and my mother. Um, My father was the one that was doing the beating and my mom would just sit back and watch. Afterwards, I'd be locked into my room for hours until about dinner, and everything would just be kosher as normal, and nothing seemed to be out of the ordinary, like nothing just happened. You know, this led me to believe that uh, it was my fault for being molested. Um, I started seeking out attention in any form just to, as a cry of help, and nobody picked that up. My behavior kept escalating until I started self-harming and abusing over-the-counter medicine um, around middle school, which introduced me to harder things. Like, I got a hold of alcohol when I was 14, around when I started hitting high school. Um, Got a hold of alcohol, and then I was shortly introduced afterwards to uh cannabis and my relationship with cannabis has been a very rocky one at the at best alcohol has been nothing but destructive i started getting blackout drunk at a very young age and that was my impression of alcohol was it was supposed to be something that you use to drown out the pain that you're feeling and i was definitely in a lot of pain unresolved issues that I couldn't really speak about because i didn't have that connection to my parents it was a connection based out of fear and hatred for them once i hit college though is where it really took off because with college you know you're college freshman you start getting invited to parties you start getting links to get alcohol and other things and i went off the rails completely I'd start blacking out and waking up in the halls or just completely passed out on the floor in my own throw up. Um, I've had friends pick me up out of my throw up, have to carry me to the hospital for alcohol poisoning. At some point, I started having seizures because I was drinking alcohol with uh, SSRIs, which is a bad combination. Don't ever do that. Um, And I didn't care. I really didn't care about my own well-being because I was so invested in this this substance. That's all I was about, was escaping reality in some form. And I started not getting what I needed out of alcohol, so I turned to different things. I would mix alcohol and cannabis together. Um, I would... Mix Xanax and alcohol together, which is a deadly combination. Um, Xanax alone is very deadly, but alcohol and Xanax really is what about killed me, in all honesty. There were other things that I tried in high school, like DPH, DXM, um, things of that nature, over-the-counter stuff, which probably would have killed me as well if I kept it up, Um, but back to where I was. Xanax is a motherfucker. Um, It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's ten times stronger than alcohol, in my experience, in terms of the effects that you get. I mean, you don't feel anything, versus you might have a little bit too much alcohol, and then you feel everything. You don't feel a thing with Xanax, and that's what's so dangerous about it, because it it becomes a new normal to not feel anything to escape that way and I had definitely become addicted to escaping I had given up altogether on life I just wanted to escape and drown my sorrows and drown this anger this pain that I was feeling towards everyone I was lashing out at that point I lost my friends because I was get blistering drunk with them compared to them who were getting like buzzed or whatever, have a couple drinks, I was getting blistering drunk and starting to get aggressive with them. And in response, they, uh, kind of just cut me out and we stopped talking for about two years. I haven't really talked to anybody in about two years besides my fiance, who has been a godsend through all of this. I don't know how she puts up with me to be fair, but You know, one of the most dangerous things about somebody who uses alcohol on the regular is the danger of isolation, because when you're alone, you're alone with yourself, you're alone with your thoughts and your emotions, and you don't have anybody to catch you, in a sense. You don't have anybody to talk to. You don't have any resources available to you actively, and you don't want help. At that point, you've there comes a point where you've just given up altogether and you don't want help. And I was definitely at that point. I, I saw the light temporarily and then it went away. And that is what really fucked me up in the long run, which is what also got me landed in inpatient um, in February. I had overdosed on Xanax and alcohol. Uh, It was like a fifth of rum or whiskey or something, and about 20 Xanax pills. I don't know how I survived, but either way, I I woke up in the hospital at some point completely confused and upset. Um, Apparently, they'd give me a long-term benzodiazepine, which was, I think, a Valium, and I had just come off of a Xanax overdose, which was not a good choice. I really hate that hospital for the choices that they made during my stay there. Um, they didn't treat me like a human being. They treat me like subhuman. They had me chained to a gurney in the hall. They wouldn't even give me a room and they wouldn't tell me nothing. They barely gave me any food or water. No, wait, uh, let me rescind that. I was handcuffed to the gurney after waking up really confused and pissed off. And I said, fuck you and tried to run, to which I was tackled by four cops, and broke my thumb, they wouldn't treat my thumb, they wouldn't set it or anything, I had to deal with it, and my thumb's still fucked up to this day, but either way, I ended up in inpatient in February, after my overdose, and, uh, that's where I finally found a sense of support that I needed, and was looking for, I guess you could say, um, I got clean about two months for about two months afterwards um, before stepping right back into that Xanax addiction. And that is what made me miss my my um graduation for college. Uh, to be fair, I didn't want to go, but I just I wasn't doing OK and I didn't want to see graduation. I didn't care about it. I just wanted to stop feeling so angry, and guilty that I even tried to overdose in the first place. Where I'm at now, I see the light. I have a goal and the motivation to quit. I just, damn it, man. It's it's so hard to give up what has become the new normal. It's the new normal to be drunk all the time. It's new normal to be high or blistering whatever all the time. It's a way of life, and it's not a good one, but it is a way of life. I think currently a lot of what I'm feeling is confusion about the future, Um, confusion about myself as a trans woman, and definitely a lot of repressed anger towards my family and my parents because I never got what I needed growing up, and in response to that, I turn to something that would give me that comfort at the end of the day i want to do better i want to get on the straight and narrow it's just something okay so i went to an aa meeting yesterday and that's something we'll get into in a second but something that the uh, group leader told me or asked me was are you absolutely ready to give it up forever And that really struck me, like struck a chord with me because I don't know if I'm ready to give that up yet because I still think that it's manageable. I still think I can manage this and be responsible with it and be a normal functioning person on it, at least with cannabis and alcohol anyways. Uh, Definitely not anything else. I don't think that anything else would be really good for me. But alcohol, you know, social drinking is okay as long as I don't have it in my household. And cannabis is sort of a mixed bag. I mean, you know, some people swear by it. Some people say it's addictive as well. I think that the, the feeling is addictive. I don't think the substance itself is compared to others, which are, I think that you get addicted to the feeling of euphoria and the body high, the mind high that you get off of it. I don't know how to explain it. Um, but there's definitely, there's definitely a feeling there that is addictive, highly addictive, if you are the kind of person that has an addictive personality like I do. I have a massive sense of pride, so naturally I'm kind of on the consensus that I'll be damned if I admit that I have no control over something in my life. I have no power over something in my life. At the same time there's some kind of comfort in falling apart. There's some kind of comfort in just letting go of control altogether. And that is definitely something that I'm struggling with currently, which is why I wanted to share this with you guys is because I I feel like talking about it and working through it like that is the best thing I can do for myself at this point. Because again, I haven't I haven't talked to anybody in about two years, and it's been lonely. It's very, very tough to try to maintain sobriety. It was until I messed up over the summer. I got involved with the wrong people, made some really bad decisions, and it broke my sobriety because once I got out of the inpatient facility, I was clean, and I was happy to be. I never wanted to look back on it, and it just... One wrong decision, one wrong conversation, which ended me up relapsing, and I still have yet to recover from that currently. But back to what I was saying about the AA meeting, right? I went because, you know, I thought that maybe it is what I need. I'm looking for a place of belonging, somewhere that people understand what I'm going through and have been through, and I understand what they're going through and have been through. Because, man, it's, there's not a lot of people that get it, and the people that don't oftentimes are like, well, why don't you just stop? Why don't you just quit? And they don't understand that it's not that easy. It's a way of life. It's a form of escape, and it's, most importantly, a form of comfort that is not receivable by other means. I went there with the intention of finding a place of belonging. And I'm, you know, I can't judge a book by its cover. You can't judge AA based off of one meeting in one particular place with one group. You know, it's not that, it's not that simple. But, you know, and here's another thing is I'm glad and I'm proud of these people that have turned their lives around. They've been through absolute hell. They've lost everything in some cases and had to start right back over to, and earn that back, um, with sobriety. And I commend them for that. I just, I don't identify with them. And that's the main issue is I don't identify with their struggles in a certain sense, uh, because it's not so much alcohol as it is just other, it's just some kind of substance, anything really. Alcohol just happens to be one of my main forms of escape, or comfort. I don't know where I necessarily belong, I was going to try NA instead, maybe it'd be a bit broader of a topic to be able to talk about, but I just, I don't know yet about AA, and I mean, the, um, the group leader was very helpful and very respectful, he was He's an amazing person from what I can tell, and he's been through some shit, um, but what he does with this is very commendable, and I respect that. My hat's off to him. I just don't think that this is right fit for me, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just apprehensive about joining something like this and getting help and quitting altogether. You know, I can't speak for everybody. Um, a lot of times it helps people. And I'm not trying to deter anybody from going to AA meetings or NA meetings. It's just, for me personally, I didn't connect with it. And that right there is a big issue for me. Maybe it maybe it might just take time, you know. Maybe it, you just got to wait a little bit. But I didn't connect. And I don't know where to turn at this point. I want to get on the straight and narrow. I want to get sober <clears throat> and be responsible with the with cannabis and alcohol. If I could do away with alcohol and just stick the cannabis, I'd be happy with it. But cannabis I'm also have an issue with. And I'm at the crossroads right now where it's how bad do you have to get until you learn this lesson that you can't do it. And I recognize that it's just well I don't think I want to give it up yet, and that's something that I'm going to have to really come to terms with, is the repercussions of not giving this up, but anyhow, that about wraps it up for this episode, I just want to thank you guys for listening, and thank you for your support in all this, and I will see you next time on The Great Beyond.